Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. If you're already a pro here on YouTube, then you already know the best way to help support things is to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by the fabulous bomb. You don't want me to speak to your kids? I hope they like noisy gifts. My sister, 31, doesn't like me, 27. We've had issues for years and don't speak. However, she has three children. I have always made a point of getting them birthday and Christmas gifts because the issues she has with me are nothing to do with them. However, earlier this year, I was talking to the oldest one, 11-year-old, on their phone. After they got my number from other family members, and my sister found out and changed their number so I could no longer contact them at all. Her excuse for this was that I was slandering her, never said anything, and because I didn't ask in texts how the other two children both babies were doing. I asked in phone calls, but there's no record of that, obviously. My sister's other issue is that I don't try to see them when she's banned me from her house and rarely takes them to see other family. It's all very complicated, but I haven't met the youngest child and the other baby two years old I've only seen six times. The oldest one grew up with me there a lot and I would regularly take them to school and on days out. I even took them to Halloween events, even paying for my sister's ticket too. So Christmas is coming up and obviously I'll be getting the children gifts because it's the right thing to do. The eldest will be getting a gift card for their favorite game. The youngest will be getting a gift card. They're not even one. But the two-year-old will be getting an incredibly noisy educational first words book with batteries already inside and spare batteries for when it dies. It has lots of buttons to press and will make lots of noise. I mean, since I can't see the children to know what they want or need, I guess I can't get anything else. I'm actually kind of curious. In a situation like this where, let's say, the parent isn't necessarily a bad parent, but they're insistent to their sibling that they don't want them contacting their kids and like go out of their way to prevent them from being able to do so, do you think OP should accept that and break the contact, or do you think it's fair that OP is continuing to try to reach out? I'm very curious what you guys think, because this is a really interesting question to me. What's the right thing in this situation? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Zephin Just Zephin calls in the middle of the night. Back in the late 90s, when house phones were still a thing, our phone kept ringing in the middle of the night after we moved to a new house and had to get a new number. Unfortunately, I didn't have caller ID. This went on for months. I was always too incoherent to ask for an explanation before the calling party hung up. Finally, one night it rang twice and I was still awake the second time, so I answered in a business-like fashion Rather than with a sleepy hello, the person on the other side was in a hurry to get in touch with someone other than me, but at least when I said, you have to tell me why people keep calling, they said, it's in the main directory, before they hung up. Main directory? Hmm. There was a large employer near me, Freescale Semiconductor. It used to be part of Motorola, now part of NXP. So I found their main number, dialed it, and listened to the nighttime recording. It was a long list, 
For blah blah blah, call so and so. For blah blibbity blue, call so and so. For the Fab 25 main floor, call OP's home number and wake his butt up. Or something like that. Anyway, it was now 3.30 a.m. and I was wide awake. This was during that brief moment when the web, home phones, and phone books coexisted. So I got on the web, found out the name of the CEO of Freescale, found him in the phone book, got on the phone, and called and woke his butt up. After I explained the situation, he mumbled something like, Couldn't you call Freescale Security and have them fix it? Well, I'm sure all of your wonderful employees who ever called me took it upon themselves to try to do that immediately after they realized that an error in your directory was causing them to wake up random strangers. It seems unlikely your security would listen to me if they won't even listen to your own people. They say, uh, well, could you call my office in the morning? I say, sure, what's the number? So I chatted with a secretary a few hours later, and she said she'd fix it. But, of course, that night, I tested it again and it was still broken. So I called a secretary back the next morning and factually explained that it wasn't fixed yet and that every single time I got called in the middle of the night, her boss would be called as well. The witch was dumb enough to ask, why on earth would you do that? But smart enough to realize that she'd been adequately warned that her name would probably come up in any subsequent conversation between me and her boss and resourceful enough to get it fixed post haste. I think it's probably regardless in the best interest of them to fix it both because it's not the right number and also if they keep incorrectly sending people to this line waking OP up in the middle of the night. I'm not a lawyer but I feel like a case might be starting to build up over time. If this company kept incorrectly using OP's phone number during their automated service and having OP's home called in the middle of the night over and over and over, I feel like there would almost certainly have to be something there. This next story is by 572XL. Your wings are on the way. I used to deliver for DoorDash and Grubhub. I still do on the side, but not nearly as much. Back in the day, I was putting in constant 8-hour days on top of my day job. Anyone who delivers can tell you it isn't marvelous. One day in particular, I got a really crappy customer, and I was having a really crappy day. Y'all ever have those days where you work so hard you forget to eat? That was me that day. I got a no-tip order, red flag one, for some wings on a delivery not too far. The man is blowing up my phone, being a real jerk, which I can handle, but this dude was a special breed. I pull up to pick the order up and text him it'll be about 15 minutes, and the man loses his crap. I wasn't entertaining that and I had already said I would pick up the order. I went inside and had a seat. I decided to place an order myself. I ordered some chicken alfredo and waited for the order. The food was ready after a while and I was in no hurry to deal with this jerk so I sat down and ate and it was good. I picked up his order and left after chatting with the waitress. I get there and he's on the 8th floor of the building of a high end hotel. I left his food just outside arm reach of the door and left. All I can say is if there is one person you probably don't want to upset or mess around with or just be hostile towards, it would be people handling your food. And that's one thing if it's like people working in the back of the house. When you're talking a food delivery app person who's just another average Joe delivering food for people for some extra tips, you probably really would not want to piss one of those people off because it's one thing when they're employed to make and handle the food. It's another when they're just having to drive it to you. 
You piss one of them off, who knows what could actually happen. This next story is by Stuck in a Transporter. Sorry, we sold it. Back in the 90s, our landline phone number was one digit different from an auto repair workshop, and I would frequently get calls from customers misdialing looking for this repairer. No big deal, I'd just let them know. Easy mistake, maybe have a laugh, no problems, but it was starting to become a bit of a pain. One day, I got a call from some lady, I said hello, the first thing out of her mouth was, Is my car ready yet? I've been waiting all day and I have important things to do. This irritated me instantly with a rude attitude, so thinking quick, I asked her her name and said I'll go find out. I put the phone down and went outside to have a smoke and had to think about what to say. After a few minutes, I pick up the phone and informed her that I'd just spoken to the manager and he told me that after a good bit of haggling, he managed to get two grand for the car. And if she could come down this afternoon, he would have the cash for her. This, as you can imagine, went down like a lead balloon. She lost the plot big time, saying it was only in for repairs, calling us thieves and threatening to call the police. And she would have us all arrested if her car wasn't there when she came to collect it when the taxi dropped her off. I said sorry, but it's not here. It was taken about an hour ago, and if she wanted to come down and have a chat with the manager, she was quite welcome to. Sorry, I have to go, we're very busy, and I hung up. I've always felt a little guilty for that poor manager, but would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when she turned up. This story's pretty funny, but I actually do genuinely feel bad for the actual manager at that place that has to deal with this Karen showing up, being like, you did what with my car, you... You told me over the phone, this happened, that happened. Especially if it happened in this day and age, you know some Facebook group would be spammed without this auto dealer sold her car. And our final story of the day is by Son Don't Play. Wanna let me tinker? Alrighty then, let's do business then. My grandpa was a successful man, and in his mid-60s, he decided he wanted to take a step back. So he started selling off his businesses. He sold his various businesses and spent the next few years traveling. As he approached 70, he got bored in addition to a few new grandchildren, so he needed a bigger house. He sold the old home that he had bought after he got back from Vietnam and bought this massive house on this large piece of land. This property also came with a massive steel barn. Not sure if he ever told anyone about his plans, but right after he got the property, he dumped a ton of money into tools and equipment and converted his barn into a mechanic's dream. Some things I remember having, He had a professional lift, capable of lifting full-size trucks. He had those professional oil catchers you see at Quick Lubes. He had a dedicated air compressor system that was designed to power all his power tools. He had a tire machine to mount new tires. He had so much equipment. His tool corner was a massive corner of this massive barn. His plan? To fix cars, especially for people in need. He lived in a rural community. If you didn't have a car, that was a big problem. So he let everyone know at his local church that he was willing to work on their cars if they provided the parts. He only took a few jobs a week. He was doing this to enjoy himself and help those that needed it. He'd of course change oil, change the transmission fluid, and all kinds of various repairs. My grandpa was a talented mechanic. However, he kept the amount of work limited, and he was also selective. If you were in need, he'd want to fix your cars. If you had the means to pay, he would decline and ask you to go elsewhere. One day, the owner of the local car dealership came by and told my grandpa he needed to stop fixing other people's cars because he wasn't properly licensed, didn't have the proper insurances, and was hurting his business. 
My grandpa explained this is just his hobby. He only does a few cars a week. The owner told him he needs to cut it out or he's going to sue my grandpa out of business. My grandpa said he laughed over this. What business was this guy going to sue him out of? The owner walked out. A little while later, my grandpa got served. He was being sued by the owner of the car dealership. My grandpa thought he'd take a trip down to the dealership and try to reason with the man. My grandpa hoped he could come to an understanding. My grandpa spoke to the owner and basically explained he only works on people's cars who are down on their luck. The fact is, the people's cars that he fixes probably couldn't afford to pay a professional dealership to fix their vehicle. He only does a few cars a week, and he's not all that interested in getting into a fight over his hobby, but he ain't going to back down. Well, they ended up in court. By this point, my grandpa had hired a lawyer who was able to get the city to approve a commercial garage on his property. It helped that he lived on the outskirts of town and had six acres of property. The courts told my grandpa his auto repair shop is operating illegally. If my grandpa wants to continue, he's going to need a business license, get the proper insurances, and if he does that, he'll be good to go. Now, what do you think a man who has nothing but time and money in this situation is going to do? He's going to get his business license and insurances, of course, which he did, and that surprised no one. But he went further, got a dedicated phone line, ran to a shop, hired a full-time mechanic, put up a professional sign, set up a little waiting area with a water cooler. What shocked everyone even more, he ran a local TV ad saying he was a pay-what-you-can mechanic shop, reservations only. Put ads in the local paper saying the same thing. Yes, folks, that's right. My grandpa is not only a licensed legal auto repair business, he has a certified mechanic on his payroll, and he's running ads. As for his prices, they were quite simple. You either bring the parts yourself and pay whatever you wanted. Mechanic got a separate wage for my grandpa, so if you couldn't pay anything, that was fine. Or had my grandpa source the parts, he'd charge you the parts and you'd pay the mechanic whatever you want. My grandpa started taking jobs and boy did that shop get busy. It was impossible to beat grandpa's price. Grandpa was essentially paying to fix your car for you. My grandpa would spend his days with the mechanic that he hired working on cars. He loved it. The owner of the local car dealership was furious. He sued my grandpa again. They went to court and the judge basically said, my grandpa owned a licensed, insured auto repair business. What he charges his customers for his services is completely up to him, even if that means doing the work for free. About a year or so later, my grandpa gets a call from a lawyer who says he's representing a potential buyer of the local car dealership. However, the buyer wants to speak to my grandpa. My grandpa agreed. He sat down with the new potential buyer who expressed his concerns about buying the dealership. Service is a major profit center for a dealership and he's considering buying the local dealership However, he doesn't want to buy the dealership if my grandpa's going to keep operating the way he is. Because it's impossible for a for-profit business to compete against someone selling their services for free. My grandpa agrees that there's no way someone looking to make a profitable business could ever compete against them. So they came to an agreement. The owner buys the dealership and my grandpa would, one, only work on a few cars a week, maybe five to six only work on people's cars who are down on their luck and probably too poor to be able to pay a professional dealership to fix their car. Any parts he needs, he will buy from the dealership. Any work he declined, he'd refer to the dealership. The new owner of the dealership agreed to, dealership must agree to let my grandpa be, stay out of his way, dealership must hire his mechanic. They shook hands, the local dealership was bought out, 
and for the next nine years, my grandpa would fix people's cars who were down on their luck. If he had to buy the parts, he'd buy them from the dealership. And as for that mechanic my grandpa hired, he ended up becoming the service manager and did quite well for himself. As for my grandpa, when he was 80, he had a heart attack in his shop. Luckily, one of his grandkids was there and they got him to the hospital and he made a full recovery. But the doctor told him his body couldn't handle working in that garage anymore. He ended up shutting down after that. For the next three years, he looked out his kitchen window staring at his shop, remembering all the fun he had in his garage. He passed away at 83, surrounded by friends and family. This was a beautiful story of a beautiful man who just wanted to fix cars for people in need. There was some real heart, there was some real consideration, and none of that corporate greed that was coming into this could ever take that away. I definitely appreciate OP sharing the story with us because that was just a great story to hear about. And considering all the help the grandpa did for people in need with their cars... They deserve to be remembered for that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.